Welcome to Millennial Hustlers, the podcast. My name is Nate Barnes, and I'm your host for this week's episode. Today, I have a wonderful guest here to join us, and her name is Dominique Broadway. She's been interviewed by the credit bureau Experian, and she's also been featured on Huffington Post. She's one of the top five personal finance advisors for millennials, and she is here to share her story and give you tips on three major things you can do to improve finances. Thanks for joining. Good afternoon. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's my pleasure. Um, So yeah, uh, I know a lot about you and I definitely want to get to know you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself so you can kind of, you know, let our audience know what you're about and how you started. Yeah. So, um, you know, as we mentioned, my name is Dominique Broadway. I'm an award-winning financial planner, personal finance expert, and I'm also the founder of Finances Demystified, where basically we're trying to kind of help you demystify your finances to be able to bring all of your dreams to reality. Um, and I started out, well, I guess I started out in the industry about nine years ago, um, almost 10 years ago, which is really creepy. Um, but yeah, about nine to 10 years ago, I started out um, working with high net worth clients. So um, okay. well, I guess before that, I actually majored in banking and finance in college, and I had a passion for investing since I was in high school. Um, and when I was in high school, I realized, you know, after starting a lot of businesses as a kid and even um, as a teenager, that I did not want to have to work hard forever, that I needed to figure out ways to make money without me actually having to physically get up every day. Um, so I realized and started reading a bunch of magazines and realized, like, okay, so this is how the wealthy is making their money with the stock market, with investing. I need to do the same. So I majored in banking and finance, um, somehow managed to get a job uh, with one of the top wealth management firms in the world, despite my less than 2.5 GPA. Um, (laughs) So let me, um, let me, let me cut you off really quick. So when you, when you say top financial advisor, um, uh, groups, like what, what group is that? Yeah. So the company was called UBS financial services. So it's a Swiss based, uh, wealth management firm where we work with clients that had, you know, 20, 30 million, um, in investable assets is what they call it. So basically in savings, wow. <laughs> um, or money that could be invested. So doing what I like to say, kind of wealth management for the uber wealthy is how I started out. Um, and did that for a while. The market tanked, rode through that, right. um, kind of hop, got, got laid off like the rest of the world, hopped around yeah. a couple different firms, um, ended up in my mentor's firm and, was supposed to take that over, but I realized that I really needed to do this on my own. Um, so that's basically kind of how I got where I am, I guess, right now. <laughs> Perfect. So, you know, I was doing a little bit of research on you and Experian. They reached out to you and they wanted to do an interview. So what was that experience like? Because it sounds like you're an A player in the personal finance realm. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> sounds cool. No, it was really great. Um, I was actually headed to a conference called FinCon, which is a um, kind of like a conference for financial bloggers. It basically where all personal finance nerds go to talk about like their websites, their personal finance businesses, um, personal finance influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Experian reached out actually amongst a couple other companies um, and asked me to do an interview with them. And it was, it was really awesome. Um, got a chance to kind of talk, not just about credit, but more also just about my path from from college to where I am now and all the different things that I've learned financially just, mm-hmm. you know, in my, my, I guess my short time of being an actual adult. Okay. Um, but it was, it was, it was just a really overall, overall good experience. It was, they're great people at Experian. So. 
That's uh, that sounds uh, like a really good experience for sure. Um, and so when you when you got started, let's let's go back to like how you started, right? Like, were there any challenges in the in the beginning? I mean, there had to be a reason why you you know kind of got into personal finance. Yeah, I mean, there were there were challenges. Well, I would say, per- well, I got into it, one, I'll tell you why I got into it, and I'll tell you about personal challenges of just being an entrepreneur. Um, but I got into it um, because one of the reasons was my friends kept coming to me asking me for financial advice, and I had to keep telling them no. And it was because, you know, the, at the firms that I worked at, you mm-hmm. needed at least a million dollars for really for you to walk in the door. Um, some needed less, maybe $500,000, but right. most people our age do not have that much money, right? Right, right? So after telling friends over and over again, like, I would love to help you, I can help you like on the side, but I can't help you via this company. So I was like, obviously there's a need. Right. Um, and so that was the issue I felt like I was solving by helping people that don't have millions and millions of dollars still have access to, mm-hmm. well, you know, what I consider top rated, uh, or really good quality financial advice. Um, so that was kind of the challenge or issue that I felt like I was solving by starting finances to mystified. Nice. Yeah. Um, so when you, when you reach out to people and, and people reach out to you, vice versa, right? You know, what, what's, what are some like main questions people have for you? Yeah, like what's the know, number one, why? you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the number one question? Mm, the number one, uh, I would say for millennials, it's two parts. It's two number one questions, okay? The first one is student loan debt. Everybody is oh. freaking out about student loan debt. Um, so yeah. that's one of the biggest ones. The other one is just really simple budgeting. Like okay. people have a really hard time sticking to a budget. And, you know, with millennials, you know, we are, we're high achievers in some instances, high income earners. But we like to create our own lifestyles. We want to travel all the time. We want to go to brunch all the time. Like, yeah. I feel like I need to brunch every Saturday and Sunday and I probably happy hour three or four times a week, right? That's yeah, just what I like to consider almost essential expense, expenses. But because of that, you know, people just have a hard time like staying yeah. within their budget. So those are the two biggest things um, that I feel like millennials are dealing with. They're just like, yo, I need help because I keep spending way more money going out, you know? So, gotcha, gotcha. Um, those are the issues. Um, so when, when you give advice to people, right, obviously they're in a position where they can improve on their finances. Right. So it, it, do you have like, kind of like a general, um, you know, amount of information you give to everyone or is every person in in a different situation? You know what I mean? Yeah. So everyone is, everyone that I work situation. I mean, some people are in similar situations, but most people are in different situations. To me, working with a financial planner or just financial coach, whatever you want to call it, it's kind of like going to the doctor. Everyone has different issues, different symptoms, different history. Um, And because of that, there is no one size fits all when it comes to finance, right? So for some people, you know, it's um, as simple as, you know, not everyone's in a bad financial some people are like, hey, I have this money and I don't know what to do. Or I did the basic stuff like saving and I signed up for my 401k at work, but I don't know what the next steps are. Right. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of different packages and ways we work with our clients, but there's no situation that, that's like the other. It's, it's actually going to be interesting. 
Hmm. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure you can uh, help me out with some personal finance. Uh, I, I feel like anyone can. So, you know, if, if you've worked with, you know, uh, major corporations and, you know, Experian wants to, you know, share insight uh, on a personal finance level, um, I'll, I'll definitely hit you up for that. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about like some key things that, you know, our audience can kind of learn from you like right now, like what, what are, what are some key elements uh, in personal finance that you believe can actually benefit people right now? Um, I would say the key things, I think people in general, and I, I feel like no matter if you're a high net worth or if you are, you know, middle class, whatever you want to call it, Right. Um, the one issue I see that's relevant across the board is I feel like people do not pay attention to their finances. Um, I have clients who make three hundred thousand dollars and are having the same overdraft issues as clients who make forty thousand. Wow! And I think yeah, <laughs> um, and I think that it really comes down just to being aware. I think that more people need to stop being scared of their money and actually just being realistic about where they are. So okay. I know even me personally, like every morning I literally like wake up pray, uh, look at Mint, and then usually look at Instagram. Like, honestly, okay. that's usually what I do in the morning. Okay, <laughs> so, so I'm taking notes right now. I'm taking notes right now. Wake up, check Mint. For me, it's like I, there's never I, – I look at my bank accounts every day, right? And I, I speak to people all the time. I'm like, oh, when's the last time you looked at your checking account or anything? And they're like, oh, I think about a week ago. Like, that's right. crazy. So I think that that's one of the things that people can do now is actually just be more observant about their finances. That way, you feel more in control about them. Agree, agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll definitely stay on top of it a lot more. Um, I, ch I check my stuff every now and then, but not every single day. Um, I, ha I have the uh, you know the text banking, so I okay. can I can just hit balance and then it just texts me whatever. So um, all right, cool. So uh, staying on top of your finances and, and checking in is is one. Uh, what are some other key elements? Um, I think the other one is being. Well, I like, what I like to say is kind of being realistic about your financial situation and knowing your um, your two magic numbers is what I like to call them. Mm -hmm. And so your two magic numbers is one is how much money you're actually bringing in. And you'd be surprised most people do not know what that is. Like I'll ask clients all the time, like, oh, how much which, you know, how much do you get paid or how much do you get paid every two weeks? They're like, oh, let me pull up my pay sub. I'm like, how do you not know this? Right, okay. Um, so knowing how much you bring in but also knowing – how much it costs to run you every month. So like how much does it cost to run Dominique Broadway to keep my mortgage paid, lights on, food in the refrigerator? Like what are those two amounts? And obviously once you know those two amounts, making sure that what you're bringing in is obviously always much more than what you have to spend. Um, okay. And I think that most people, if you know those numbers, you should know those two numbers, like you know your date of birth or anything else or your age. Um, at least that way you always know what you're working with financially. Okay. Um, so that's that's the second one. Um, and I would say the third one is really just, just saving. Um, I think that people are not saving at all. Um, and if they are saving, they're just not saving enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you when I meet with clients who are let's say in their fifties or sixties and they may have always had really bad financial habits, mm -hmm. the one place that they'll have money at, you know, a significant amount, maybe two, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars, is in their four hundred one k or whatever their retirement plan is. And the reason for that is because that money has always been automatically saved. They had no, um, you know, 
they, they didn't have to do anything to get into the account because if they did, they wouldn't have the money in there. Right, right, right. So I think that more people need to take the simple, the very simple practice, and this is basic finance, but no one listens to me, uh, <laughs> of actually setting up, uh, setting up your savings to go automatically. You okay. would have so much more money, but if you keep trying to transfer money at the end of the month when something's left over, it's not going to be left over. Um, and you have to know yourself and how you spend. I know me, I'm, I'm a very frugal woman, mm-hmm. but I know how to spend money. Like I like buying airline tickets. Like that's just my thing and clothes and food. But I understand <laughs> that I have to trick myself. And when my money comes in, a certain amount has to go to the other to another account. So that way okay. I know that the money that's in this account, it can be spent. Um, so those are just kind of some things you can do to even trick yourself into saving more money as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so let's go back into that again, because I feel like, you know, there's a lot of people having issues with the saving aspect because you just said it. Um, so why, why do you think that is? Um, I think, well, I, I think, I think one, like I said, people aren't saving automatically. They're, they're trying to wait to save at the end of the month when they think money's going to be left over. That's so, one part. Um, I think the other part is that for a lot of millennials, not everybody, but for some people, if they don't have, they don't feel as though they have something to save for, they won't save. So right? you're you're saying like a, like a goal of some sort or yes, okay, yes. okay. And so a lot of people, if they don't have a goal, they're like, what am I saving for? Especially let's say if you're in your early thirties or even early twenties, your retirement seems so far off. But we're not just saving for retirement. We're saving for. Um, if you get laid off, which as you know, jobs are not guaranteed, even if you work for the federal government, right. you're saving for the, the event that a tire blows out of your car, just little things like that. Right, right. And for some people, I'm just like, just set a goal, any goal. If your goal is to go to Greece or whatever, just set something and just start saving towards it. <laughs> just trick yourself. Okay. Um, but I think that's one of the reasons, but I think the other issue, which is goes a little bit deeper is, um, student loan debt is, Ooh. um, really prohibiting people from saving honestly. yeah that, that's a major yeah. issue right now especially for our millennials i mean yeah. it, I, I mean i remember i seen a, a meme from like this like just a random meme and it it said you go to school to get a job to pay for school yeah so so what are some good tips because i know a lot of people are kind of tuning into this right now like how can millennials overcome this this really um this the this speed bump you know it's like i feel like everyone's getting into debt and um it's really hard to you know kind of manage your own finances when you have automatic debt coming out of college yeah so the so i would say this the automatic debt that you have shouldn't shouldn't stop you from being able to manage your finances it will just limit the amount of um, spending money you have. <laughs> Say that. Right, right. But I think that where people are messing up is one, they're taking on more money than they need for school, and okay. so you know, school may cost twenty grand a year, but they're taking out you know forty a year, and they're living off the other twenty. Okay. And so. You gotta pay that back. I, you know, people are right. like, you know, everyone's excited about refund checks. He's like, oh, I get my refund check. This is not free money. Like, this yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. Money that you have to pay back. 
Yeah. So I've seen people mess up by doing that, by taking, borrowing more money than, than what you actually need and using it just to live off of. Um, but also I think that you don't have to go to the most expensive school in the nation, as you know, to, to be successful. Um, I went to Bowie State University, which is a small, historically black college. I graduated with no student loan debt because I went to a small, right. historically black college. Um, versus, you know, I have some friends who went to GW, which is the most expensive school in the country, mm-hmm. and graduated with, you know, $250,000 of student loan debt. And I make more than them, yeah. right? That's a so lot of debt. It, and then one of the smart things that I've noticed people are doing too is actually going to community college for the first two years you know which will cost them like six seven grand to go to school and then transferring over to a four-year institution in that way they're graduating with little to no student loan debt okay um i think the other thing people need to do is don't feel like like school's important but don't feel as though you have to go to school to get the job that you desire. Some some jobs you do, but as you, it's been proven more and more that it doesn't necessarily matter. Even like I said earlier, I graduated. I think I may have had a two point three GPA mm-hmm. and still managed to get a job at the top at, yeah. at this top firm. Definitely. And my family had no connections or anything. It was just me being extremely motivated and saying, this is what I want to do and putting myself in the right situations to get there. Um, But I think the other part too is, you know, a lot of people are going back to school. So the funny thing is people are going to school to get a job, going to school, getting debt to get a job Mm -hmm. and using the job to pay off the debt. And then they're not getting the job that they want. So then they're like, okay, I need to go get my master's. Or I need to yeah. go to law school. Yeah. And they take on another $200,000 still on debt. And then they still don't make the money that they yeah. want. So, it's a lot. you know, make sure you're going back to get your, you know, advanced level degree because you want to, not okay. because you think that it's going to get you this higher paying job. Nine times out of 10, it may not. And you'll just end up with more debt. So let me ask you this. Um, so it's pursuing a goal and, you know, automating your savings and, you know, kind of just overcoming those objections and, and really just staying on top of your finances by knowing what's coming in, what's going out. Mm-hmm. So now that they know that, what could you say is interesting to you? Do you have any fun facts, any statistics that, you know, kind of like shocked you? Well, just any interesting statistics uh, in the personal finance realm, like, you know, out of five out of 10 people, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. I think one of the the most shocking ones I heard recently was that like the average student graduates with the average undergrad student graduates now with $35,000 student loan debt. Like, that is, that's crazy to me. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, so that that pretty much means that almost everyone that graduates undergrad is coming out with that. Yeah. And so I was actually speaking at um, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce recently mm-hmm. for an event with Social Security Administration, and this dude gets up and he's like, he's an older guy, so he's like, I don't understand why millennials think they have it so hard. Like Damn we it. went to college, they went to college, blah blah blah. And I was like, listen, when you graduated, sir, you came out and you got a job yeah. that you supposedly earned right, and you right. were making the money that that you deserved and needed to to live a decent lifestyle the average millennial is graduating with thirty five thousand dollars student loan debt and i don't even know anyone with that low most people right. most of my clients have closer to 80 to 90 
So that means as soon as you graduate, you're coming out with a $900 to $1,000 a month student loan payment. Uh, it's pretty hard to move out when you have that much yeah. debt. And most people aren't even making that much money. So Yeah, because when, when you graduate, you, you, you know, get into entry-level jobs. Yeah. And you start out at, at the bottom of uh, you're coming the, out the corporate, yeah, negative. yeah, yeah. So it's tough. It's tough. It's hard to win when you're. When you're yeah, yeah. Um. So do you, do you have like a, a course of some sort, or do you kind of just do one on ones when it comes to uh, consulting millennials on, you know, how to kind of overcome that uh, that debt issue? Yeah. So we have. Um, I have. Uh, what is it? Oh, our finances demystified bootcamp, which kind of teaches. It's like a five-week program that teaches you basically all the things that we should have learned in school, from paying down debt, saving, your money mindset, trying to figure out how our parents or whoever messed us up in in this whole money thing. Um, you know, investing, retirement planning. So that's one of the courses. But there's always new courses and free classes um, on the site. Um, launching a, a big challenge soon, where I'll be trying to attempting to educate 10,000 millennials on how to invest. So you that's the next, um, the next big challenge I'm, I'm working on. But yeah, there's always a bunch of free courses and things like that on the site. And, and where can they find you um, online? Um, so my site is dominiquebroadway.com. Um, on Instagram, it's dominiquebroadway. And on Twitter, it's MS Finance Coach. Okay, cool. Do you have any other advice? I would say just, you know, start thinking about your finances now. Don't wait until, you know, you're 50, 55, 60 years old, because I think that's where a lot of people make state, make mistakes. And I'm doing speaking engagements all the time. The one thing I hear the most from people who are, let's say, Generation X is that I wish someone like you was around when I was in my 20s. And I hear that. I don't know if a week goes by where I don't hear that. So that I really just want more millennials to start taking their finances seriously now so that we can start building more generational wealth, especially right. in the African-American community because we yeah. are behind. Definitely, definitely. Um, so mentorship of some sort is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah definitely. I, I definitely believe in that for sure. Um, like the only uh, thing that I want to know personally for myself. Okay. <laughs> um, so w- when it comes to mentorship, right? Um, how do you find the right person? Mm, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think, I think it varies. I, I know what I have to say is really annoying. Like if I'm at a speaking engagement at a college or just anywhere and at the end, you know, it's like Q and A time and someone's like, Oh, will you be my mentor? It's so awkward. It's kind of like <laughs> someone asks you to marry them. You're like, right, oh, right, right. Um, so it's always like, Oh, ask me, you know, let's talk about it after. Right, right. Um, so don't do it that way. People hate that. <laughs> um, but I would say really finding someone and reaching, reaching out. If you see someone that you think could be a great mentor to you, reach out to them. It's not hard to get in touch with right. anyone nowadays. Right, right. Um, but when you reach out to them, don't just kind of, suck additional blood for them but try to phrase it in a way where it's like hi you know i'm I'm really interested in not not even necessarily saying i need you to be my mentor but learning a little bit more about you can you can you advise me on this specific topic um and you know i would love to maybe even provide some insight on on this 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 about your site or something like that that's always more valuable versus someone like I want to pick your brain. Oh my gosh, I hate that. Like, okay. you're not picking my brain. That sounds really right. invasive. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, just c- 
come off very, um, you know, kind of strong, but still, you know, humble. Like, I want to learn from you, but I would love to see what I can do to help you out as well. Um, to me, those are the most beneficial relationships. I have one girl who became my mentor and, you know, she, uh, she became my mentee. Okay. I still don't know how she did it. Cause I feel like she definitely forced herself in my life. Um, but she did it. She forced herself in my life. I was like at her graduation, we're texting. I'm like, are we friends? Like, and you know, she felt like I could provide value to her, but she also provided a lot of value to me. That's awesome. So, um, so more so like like an organic approach, not yeah, not so forced. Not like dating. like some yeah. people just some people hit it off and some people don't. Right. Like I've reached out to some people to be mentors, and I'm like, ooh, I do not like them. <laughs> like, why okay. don't you talk to them? You know well, what I mean? and 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 the reason why I ask is because, um, you know, for me, when when you look up to someone, uh, it can sometimes be intimidating for myself. Yeah. And so uh, I'm going to have to assume that there's other people that are a little bit intimidated to reach out to, you know, people like you or, you know, uh, whoever. And and I think, you know, if we can learn how to approach people that have a a special skill, um, it'll definitely help out uh, on both ends. Yeah. And and really being confident, I think, is what it it boils down to. Definitely. Definitely. You have to be confident in your approach. All right. Well, there you have it. Dominique Broadway, Personal Finances Demystified. If you have any questions regarding personal finance, she's there to help you out. Go visit her website at dominiquebroadway.com and you can reach her at her Instagram, which is the same thing, Dominique Broadway. Thank you, Dominique, for our first episode. Um, I greatly appreciate you coming on board and you know taking time to you know share this valuable knowledge with us. Um, I definitely took some in myself. So, um, you know, for everyone out there that's listening to this podcast, uh, three elements that can, you know, help you out with your personal finances. Download an app to check into your finances every day when you wake up. Know what's going in and out of your uh, bank as far as like income and, you know, expenses. And then also setting up auto savings for your um, savings account. All right, it's a wrap with this week's episode. Thank you for listening to Millennial Hustlers Podcast. This was your first time tuning in and you liked our content. Subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes at Millennial Hustlers.